going to be honest with you here. When you told me that we were going to do a true crime podcast, it wasn't the most exciting for me because I'm not a true true crime podcast listener, to be 100% honest. So, like, full disclosure here, my opinions are probably not even worth that much anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I think I think your opinions are actually more valuable as a, I do believe that most people that listen to the True Crime podcast are uh, pretty jaded, and they're so picky on you know cases and how they're discussed and stuff like that, and they'll go on there and they'll they'll, they'll be like, oh, how dare you talk about this case in such a manner? It's like they don't want people to have differing opinions about cases, but case, true crime is just crazy because there's always different facets regarding each case and so like everybody can have differing opinions you know it's nothing right. is always cut and dry well you know i did take the time out to to look at some of the subreddits and i know you should never go on reddit and it's just one of those things that i try to avoid but even some of the subreddits for some of these true uh some of these true crime podcasts a lot of they're real toxic you oh. know they, they they do not like they don't value difference of opinion uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, and so I, I find that very, very funny, you know, of, of, as someone who's like part of a fandom that I know is also toxic, the Star Wars fandom, um, that can be toxic at times, the, the, the true crime podcast and on Reddit, my goodness. Oh yeah. They, they, yeah, they, they don't, they don't really like dissenting opinions. Uh, and no, it's they, very crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It's it's a huge toxic community. I mean, there was that one um, thing that went on with the um, Sword and Scale. Is So the Sword and Scale, did you go to the Sword and Scale subreddit? Uh, yes, I have. I mean, I know Sword and Scale, what was it? I think like last year or maybe maybe a couple of years ago was like the height of being picked on and and trying to get canceled for something they said. And I listened because they were attacking them. That kind of like, okay, let me listen to what this guy has to say. So I, one or two episodes I listened to and kind of followed around for a little bit, but it still, you know, wasn't my thing to, to stay with it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, but go ahead, keep continue. No, yeah. So the whole thing was is Sword and Scale had a podcast that was ran by, or the subreddit was ran by Sword and Scale. And so they had mods that went in and to help them run the subreddit. But there's tons and tons of people that don't like the host, Mike Bidet. And um, so eventually the subreddit was hijacked by uh, the mods. So the mods basically took over the subreddit, kicked out the original owners of the subreddit, and then it became into, it turned into a, a, a uh, sword and scale hate subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a mutiny and a hostile takeover and now it's the Sword and Scale hate subreddit and the creators of Sword and Scale have absolutely no control over that subreddit at all. Right. Which is pretty crazy. I... And the whole controversy <laughs> started because um, the whole Adnan Syed case. So that's why the whole controversy started is Mike posted on Twitter saying that, you know, Adnan's guilty. And people don't like that. <laughs> right, and and uh, that was one of the, that was, uh, what was, oddly enough, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, the, I, I didn't know anything about the Adnan case. Like, I had never heard of it, never, 
heard any mention of the court case or whatsoever. It wasn't until a, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago on YouTube. I think there's like um, I hate to mention it, but you know, like how they were doing the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse court case on uh, and showing on one particular YouTube channel. I can't remember which one it was, but they were live streaming the court case, and I think I subscribed to it, and they were bringing out some information from that from that particular court case and then I saw it pop up with the podcast as well and so uh, I'd never heard of this Andon uh, yeah, person at all whatsoever yeah, yeah. so that is um, um, so that case is taboo in the uh, true crime uh, community you you cannot discuss that case and um, it's you know there's absolutely no reason to discuss it because the community is so toxic that they will devour your soul. <laughs> you talk about Jeez. It. It's it's taboo. So no so if you're looking for an end on Syed podcast for true crime, you won't find one. The only one that there is is for serial. And uh, they did the Adnan Syed case and you know, I have opinions about that, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> right. Not, not, not here and uh, not today. So, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's something else. But that, that's, that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah that's that definitely something that I would, I really would want, wouldn't mind devoting my time to actually listening to. It might be tough to go at it, but I, I think it would be fine. Yeah. The, if that's something. The serial case is, is kind of tricky. Because the person that did the season four, the Adnan Syed case, actually knows Adnan Syed. And they're, when the person that helped do the podcast was his lawyer. So you can kind of see the uh, problems with that one. <laughs> so, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So um, when we begin, so the first podcast we we're going to talk about was um, Truth and Justice which is a podcast that I, I originally, I did like, I did like that podcast, but over time it kind of, my opinions of that podcast kind of swayed. But, um, so that was, I think that was one of the first ones you listened to, or was that, that was later on? That was later on, but, um, so uh, I, 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 let me hear you talk about it, and then I'll just go ahead and, and put my opinion on, on, on the matter here. Okay, so the Truth and Justice podcast, the one, I think the first season I listened to was, I was trying to find it. So it was the one about, um, let me look. It's just so hard because his, his podcast is, there are a lot of episodes per season and it's kind of hard to navigate between cases and it kind of gets yeah. mixed and so you're trying to find a specific case and it's like you're seeing all these follow-ups and different cases and then he brings back other cases in the middle of the season a couple times so let me find it season four no that was the season four about the robberies I like that one. So, so some of I these mean, cases are I like because he kind of so in the original in the beginning cases, my favorite part is he would kind of take the case, he would take the evidence, 
and he, you know, read, you know, he'd do the Freedom of Information Act, and he would get, you know, case notes, and then he would go right. through the case notes, and then he would say his opinions on the case and whether or not he thinks the person did it or didn't do it, and then the reasons why. So, I, I enjoyed that. There was a lot of cases that he did. I think that case about the robberies was good because there, you know, it. He brought up that the criminal that so the guy that robbed the store. And the, the owner that described the guy that robbed the store in the surveillance camera, I, I think yeah. the case was about, I think there was a murder. I think the, the, I think it's been a while since I listened to it, but I think it was that the guy came into the liquor store or gas station, robbed the store and shot the owner. And so they went through the, you know, the video feed, the video footage surveillance and they got the the way the guy looked and how he dressed and his height and everything. And then they went and they arrested somebody that matched the description. And it turned out that the guy in the video may not have been a very good match to the guy that they arrested. And so he gotcha. went through, yeah, he went through and he discussed why he feels that, you know, it's wrong and they were wrong in this and that and the other. And it was good. I mean, I understand it or understand. I understood it. And I get where he was coming from with the case, which was good, but it kind you, of you, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I I think I think with with the I like the way the how his episodes were broken down, uh, where he took on like okay, this the autopsy report, and then so he talked about the autopsy report, uh, because the, the 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 particular episode you told you gave me to to li to give a listen to was the the Courtney double homicide. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for those of you who don't know the Courtney double homicide case, it, it was it was very interesting because it caught my attention. Like for, like first episode, like the, I think the second or third episode, I we got it, I got into it, um, where you have a retired cop who's lived. I believe this happened in Fort Worth, if I'm not mistaken, or at least maybe a a, a community with you know on the outskirts or within Fort Worth, and uh, he was murdered. He was found murdered downstairs, and I believe his wife, and uh, both w both were elderly, uh, was found also murdered upstairs in her bedroom. And there was a note that was, like, pinned to his pant leg. And, you know, there was, like, all these different types of evidences, uh, 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 different points of evidence that came through. And, and it, it intrigued me. I, I'm not going to lie. I was very much like, oh, man, okay, this is interesting. All right, so he's going to break down, like, witness reports and he's going to break down the autopsy and going through the court case and he criticized i mean he really criticized the defense of the woman who was uh accused of murdering the elderly couple which was their daughter mm -hmm. okay and and like in the back of my mind i you know that's the only person in my head that could honestly would have done it uh, only because of just the evidence there. But I know that he works alongside the um, what's that organization? Charlie. Pro no, not is it the Charlie project or is that the other one? No, it's the it's the one where they're 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 bringing back court case. Uh, what was it? It's not the Innocence Project, is it? Is it yes, the Innocence Project. Yeah. He was working with the Innocence Project of Texas. Or I, I guess it's based in Texas. I don't know, but working with that project, with that, uh, with that organization, 
to kind of push the case along. Like there was already a verdict. Like the case had already been closed. It was um, the daughter was found guilty and she was sentenced to prison. Yeah. Um, you know, and I believe I'm not mistaken. Um, for those of you who are like going to listen to this and, and going to go look into it, I, I highly recommend it if you can get past it. But I'm going to get into my, my opinion of the matter. But the, the, the daughter, she ended up dying, I think, in 2019 of COVID. Yeah. And so I don't know. If, I can't remember they sentenced her to death, which is more than likely in Texas. And, you know, hey, go Texas. That's my state. Um, but uh, I don't know if they sentenced her to death or she was going to get life in prison. Whatever the case was, she didn't she didn't live out her sentence because she died of COVID in 2019. And I believe that's um, that's where that point ends. Now, on to my criticism, or at least my opinion, of the Truth and Justice podcast. So, the chain of episodes that you gave me was very interesting. I, I was starting to really get into it. And I will fully admit, full disclosure, I have a bias. All right? I have, I have, I have a, I do have a bias, and it runs along with my personal moral beliefs and my political beliefs. They kind of go in together. Yeah. The... The, the the host of the podcast, I can't think of the gentleman's name. Bob Ruff. Uh, what was it again? It was Bob Ruff. Okay, Bob. All right, Mr. Bob. Um, he spent an entire episode uh, going on and discussing the uh, the riots that were taking place in Minneapolis at the time of the episodes were airing. So this was like maybe 2017, yeah. 2018. Mm-hmm. So, and he was, and he went on a tirade going after law enforcement and blaming law enforcement for this instead of going after the individual who was responsible for it. Yeah, All right. I didn't like that. Now, yeah, yeah. And, and it just, and it just came out to that point to where like, um, it, it felt weird to me because he is a strong proponent of law enforcement like he works with law enforcement to get you know isn't he like an ex-firefighter or something or yeah he's an ex-firefighter and uh okay it's it it kind of threw me off when he was talking about that because i'm like well he was technically in a law enforcement role not necessarily but you know people always lump firefighters and policemen into the same boat which you know it's it was just kind of awkward like i get it you know stuff happened and people got upset and no, absolutely, and I'm not downplaying, you know, the the what happened at all. It's just that the I know that I'm listening. I'm listening to this podcast in 2022, and this was recorded, you know, a couple of years back. And information as to what really happened wasn't out yet. Yeah, and I tried really hard to push past that bias that I had, um, but it was kind of like already embedded because it seemed like every every episode after that he kept on attacking law enforcement or kept on attacking uh law enforcement organizations from that point on like i'll be the first to admit in texas we have a huge issue i will firstly admit openly admit that in texas we do have a dna issue here in the state Mm -hmm. all right And, and there are plenty of people as someone who worked in the criminal justice system as a corrections officer for the state of texas um there are a few people there that shouldn't be there and there are people there who should be there Mm -hmm. 
And but I know that we have a DNA issue. I mean, Houston Crime Lab was shut down for for quite some time because of the of tampering yes. of DNA. Yes, yes, yes. You know. And it's 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 terrible. But the thing is that with lack of funding, monetary issues, and and um, uh, um, logistics and personnel, that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's for for me. That's the logical reason as to why something like that can happen. Corruption, maybe. I, I I think, I think the cases of corruption that a lot of people say happens in law enforcement, especially according to this gentleman's opinion, uh, is prevalent. I don't think it's prevalent. I don't think it happens a yeah, whole as lot. Much as people like to believe it does. Right. I, I like to think. That, I mean, me personally, I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's me coping with the idea that I, you know, or I don't know what it is, but I would say like maybe less than less than a percent of actual police corruption happens. Yeah. Then compared compared to I think, I think you know more, what what people think. Yeah, I think it's it's more of um, maybe people make mistakes. I don't think it's intentional. A lot of it. I mean, everybody's a human. People make mistakes. Right. And you know, law enforcement, you know, they have their issues as well. But I, I don't think it's manipulative. Like, I don't think they're doing it, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, I don't think it's like the 1940s where everybody... Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like we got to get a conviction through, you know, any means necessary. Right, <laughs> you know, know, you know or, or like the mob bosses are bribing off the cops. Like, I'm sure that's happening in, like, parts of the border with the cartels. But I don't think that's happening in major urban centers like... You know Minneapolis or yeah. Houston or I mean, Baltimore would, or places like that. Pretty quickly. Right. Exactly. And and, and you know, it, it's just it's just very strange. And so I tried really hard to push past that, and I continued to listen to it, but all I could hear was just that whiny voice in the back of my head of just how he sounded in my in, in, in my yeah. own eyes or in my own I mean, head. I ended up um, skipping those episodes. I just said, nope, and I just, like, I don't, I'm here for the true crime. I like right. the cases. I want to hear about the cases. I said, I so, really, if I wanted to listen <laughs> to political commentary, you know, I listen to a political commentary podcasts. you know. Right, just, it, exactly, and that's how I felt, too. I was just like, I, and I listen, as someone who listens to his history and political commentary podcast myself, I was not expecting that in a true crime podcast. I was expecting to hear facts about the case, a nice little narrative to go with it, some some suspenseful drop-off points and cliffhangers until the next episode, and which I got in the first couple of episodes. But yeah. then when it turned into this political tirade, I'm like, I, yeah. I can't listen anymore. Was- and so I, just like you, I ended up pushing, I ended up moving across episodes. Yeah, that um, whole season was just so awkward. It's like, you know, they went through the evidence, you know, because he was trying to say that um, that she was innocent. And they were going through the evidence, and all the evidence that they were finding was leading more back to the daughter. Like, again. Yes. It would, it would yes. circle back. And it's like, okay, so the the note that was tacked to the, the husband's, you know, the father's pant leg was printed from the computer in the house <laughs> right so i mean they traced that back to that printer and you know the only person that really had access to the house at that time was the daughter who was there and she was there during that time and then he even went said that um 
she did have enough time to get from her house to the parents' house to commit the murder. Like, it was it was possible. Right. He tried to... I think he tried to say that it, it wouldn't have been possible, but then he went back and then changed it and said, yeah, he, she probably... She could have. And then it turned into a point where he said that, you know, she's probably actually guilty. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh... <laughs> He came back to what I had originally thought in the first place. <laughs> so. Yeah, like when I was listening to it and, and she was found guilty, I'm like, okay. I mean, it, it's pretty. It, it makes sense, you yeah. know. I mean, granted, he was criticizing the defense, not asking the questions and not objecting to certain things and stuff like that. Uh, I, I mean, I get that. That's fine, and that's great for a pod for for a true crime podcast. I mean, I, I want to hear that stuff, but you know, everything else kind of just ruined it for me, and I just. I just, I just couldn't listen to it anymore. Uh, I, I was done, and I, I yeah. moved on to the next one. And then it was weird too, because he just ended the season like right there, like after she. Yes, he ended up. Uh, he ended it abruptly, which was kind of funny. I was just like, does this guy realize finally that this girl, that this woman did it? Like, has he come to terms with this? Like, they have her dead to rights. You know, I, I mean, what more? For me, like, what more evidence could you want? Yeah, her blood was everywhere in the crime scene yeah like i, I like because for for oh, yeah, and i recommend part. and i recommend people to go go listen to it it's really good but there's this some of some of the some of the explanations as to why or how her blood while it seemed plausible but it he did come to terms with the fact that he she was put piecing together the store piecing together a story that the defense or the prosecution had come up with, or at least the timeline, and she began filling in the blanks with like plausible or confusing, I you know, uh, uh, explanations for certain things. Yeah, you know. And then I like so it comes up a lot in true crime podcasts where the prosecution gets the conviction, but the prosecution's story as to how the person did the crime may not make logical sense or may not be accurate, but okay. It, it, it does turn out that the person's guilty. It's just the prosecution story is, is, you know, not what happened. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the person's guilty and they got convicted. So it's like, even yeah. if, you know, the, you know, prosecution was way off, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Uh, you know, it, it's just, oh, man. Because, you know, they get into this thing. <laughs> Where they start attacking the prosecution because the prosecution's story doesn't make sense. The prosecution's story is, you know, a bunch of baloney. And, you know, they're they're not doing... The defense isn't doing the right thing. They're not asking the right questions. They're not objecting. But it turns out, you know, the person's guilty anyway. So... Right. I mean, I get it. But, you know, it's kind of weird when, I mean, when these podcasts flip around a lot. You know, it's I, like, I guess it's just one of those things where, like, you're expecting to hear, like, uh, you know... I guess it, it, they try to frame it, or maybe he was just trying to frame it as if she wasn't getting a fair trial, because yeah. maybe her defense attorney felt that she did it, and so that's the reason why she wasn't objecting and all this other stuff. But I mean, she did take the stand in her own defense. She, I'm sure she was advised against not to do it, but she still did it anyway, and she kind of buried herself when she was cross-examined. You know, like. Listening to it, it's just like, you know, I get it. And his explanation was actually, I, I thought it was pretty spot on. 
and I'll give him credit where credit is due for sure, to where it, it's a natural instinct for us wanting to defend ourselves and say our side of the story. But then, like, in a major case like this, our lawyers normally advise us not to say stuff. Yeah. Like, not to take the stand, you know. And I thought it was kind of funny how, like, he also mentioned, like, if you watch, like, um, I know my wife, she watches these shows, um, uh, the ones on, like, Oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like, women who do crime and stuff like that, or or the first 48 or whatever. And he did mention stuff like, you know, oh, you know, uh, there was a show where it's just like the guy said, like, oh, he didn't cry enough or, you know, they cried uh, too yeah, little so or they, you know, they didn't show any emotion. It just, you know, <laughs> it's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be yeah. in. I mean, I wouldn't if, if I was involved in something like that, there's no way I would take this in because, you know, people's interpretations of people, you know, especially if it's a jury trial and not a bench trial is right. a lot of things are factored into what the jury's going to perceive. I mean, it could have absolutely nothing to do with the evidence at all, but if you go up on stage and the jury just doesn't like you, then <laughs> I mean, you kind of screw yourself over. Yeah, you know, very much so. You could be telling the God honest truth and up there and, you know, saying, hey, you know, I didn't do this, there's no way, and then trying to explain why, but if the jury doesn't want to hear it, they're not going to hear it, you know? Yeah. So, they, I mean, it's not going to do you any good. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he was, he was cold when he was saying his testimony. <laughs> he didn't show any emotions. He wasn't crying. It's like, How dare you not cry at the fact that you killed your wife? <laughs> it's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't steal the dog from my neighbor's yard. <laughs> Why is this in jury court? <laughs> This is terrible. Just $20,000. But like, um, I, I, I guess people actually expect like some serious drama to go down in, in, in a trial or something like that. You know, it's just like, yeah, you know, and I guess I, I know this sounds, I know this is going to sound, this might be like a loaded, a loaded question here. And, and I, I'm not trying to, not trying to tank us on our first episode at all, but <laughs> um, do you think that there'll ever be a true crime, or it may, I, maybe there is, I don't know, or at least maybe not yet. Um, do you think there'll ever be a true crime podcast of the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, court case? That one is just too messy. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to get in that boat. I mean, you really have to put it in a neutral way, I guess. But uh-huh. anybody that's going to talk about it is going to have their, you know, inherent biases. So, and right. people that have strong feelings regarding that case, you know, I personally have strong feelings regarding that case, but, right. you know, that's just how I feel about it. I mean, it's not, I yeah. mean, you know, I'm not going to go out there and, you know, tell people how I feel because, I mean, there's no reason to. Everybody already knows, you know, they have their feelings about okay. it, their feelings are set, and that's it. There's nothing you can say to change their mind. No <laughs> so I guess that kind of answers it. my question then, because not, so I guess not everything can make it into a true a true crime podcast. I, I'm saying that not everything should. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. There's, that, there's... That's not going to stop somebody who's like, you know what, let's do the Kyle Rittenhouse case, or let's go ahead and do the david dorn case or whatever you know let's just uh 
you know, let's exactly. just, yeah, okay, I get you, I get you. And then I saw on YouTube that they had convicted somebody or something. Yeah, he was the one that was killed uh, in front of a pawn shop looters, while looters were, were going at it. He was trying to oh, stop one of them. Oh, shoot. So somebody actually did cover a case like that. Um, it was sort of scale. They covered the Chris Dorner case. Um, the case background a little bit was the former LAPD officer who was fired for making false official statements regarding an excessive force incident. And after being fired, he wrote his manifesto, posted on Facebook, and then went out and was seeking revenge against all the LAPD officers that wronged him in his eyes and so it was it was a pretty crazy case and sword and scale got a lot of flack for covering it because you know it's one of those taboo cases that you know people don't want covered which i think is just stupid um sword and scale is really good at covering cases that most um, podcasts won't cover which is why i really like um sword and scale is they won't cave to the hive mind and they don't care if they get a lot of feedback you know negative feedback and criticisms all over the internet because you know they covered this case and you can't cover that case you know i can't believe you covered that case but you know they don't care <laughs> i mean sword and scale has already been canceled like three times you, you can't you can't cancel sword and scale and just, he has his own podcast company and they're immune How come he didn't give office. me that case <laughs> i, I forgot about that case that one is that one is interesting too because there's a lot of stuff in that case that I, you know, that happened during the the apprehension. I say apprehension, but he wasn't apprehended. So um, that whole search for that guy and then his, you know, his reasons for doing what he did is it just I. People were trying to justify his actions into what uh -huh. he did, but there's no justification for cold-blooded murder. Never. I, I don't care, you know. Well, I say that. I can think of a couple reasons why cold-blooded murder would be justified. <laughs> but 99.9% .9 of the time, <laughs> there's no reason for anybody <laughs> to go I, out. I don't and know, man. Him. Uh, have you ever listened to Bill Burr? Yes. Okay. Have you ever heard Bill Burr's stand up uh, when when he does uh, like there's no reason to hit a woman? Yeah. Okay. I I'm sure we can find some reasons to for cold blooded murder. No. <laughs> but um... I'm sure we I'm sure we can find something. But uh, well, actually, the 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 one that you gave me from for the garage uh, for the. Uh, the Austin yogurt. Yes, um, that was a crazy one. Dude, that was gruesome. That that one was gruesome. That one that one hurt my soul. <laughs> yes, 
that was that was a crazy one because just the different suspects that it could have been and then um just just how it went about it was it was it was tra- it was a travesty so let's 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 move let's move away from from Mr. Bob here and let's move on to that one. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 talk about. So, uh, what was the name of that podcast uh, for for the, the that true, for true that particular uh, case? That you can... that, I that, this is the one that I personally like. I I enjoy the True Crime Garage. There there, there are certain things that I could probably do without sometimes on that one, <laughs> but mm-hmm. for the most part, I I enjoy it. I think it's really it's presented well. Nick does a very good job about breaking down the case. I like the trailers that he does beforehand. Um, it's all it's all really well done. But um, I, I I I like the production. I, I definitely I can't say that I didn't like the production. I really did enjoy it. Um, I do like the fact that they're also uh, avid beer drinkers as well, and yeah. they can, you know they do do shout outs to local drafts or you know whatever it is the flavor of the month is. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, like, I, I think the research is well done, and I know that there's another gentleman on there. It shows you how much I remember. Um, Captain. I know it's it, Captain. Yes, I, I, I don't. My critique of Captain is just that I think he tries to be funny, and it just comes off like in a situation like like this, to where you're talking about, especially if you're talking about. Um, the murder of four young ladies and it's just like you're trying to be funny i get it you're trying to bring some le- you're trying to bring some brevity to it but it's like this is this was such a heinous thing and um it was just uh, if you hear if you hear crying in the background y'all i'm terribly sorry that is my daughter i am i'm am, i'm a dad to a four month old so occasionally she does cry um but uh I, well, I, I have to say, saying, like, I, I thought it was like... You were going to cry in the background. I was like, oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> she sounded like she just woke up from her nap. Oh, gosh. But uh, my wife is handling the situation, and my in-laws are in town right now. So <laughs> I got so, I got so, I got a little bit of time. But, no, I, I, I think Captain's position on there, I think uh, it almost seemed like he wasn't organized, and it's just, like, for me just generally for, for the, the whole podcast itself. I thought it was great. Uh, even though the court case, uh, even though the case at hand was just like, it's unsolved. And there was just so much like the, the crime scene. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know it, if that it, case will ever be solved. Yeah. And there are just so many what ifs in that case, you know, cause but you know, what's so funny though. I did look up the, the Wikipedia, uh, and again, Wikipedia, uh, but supposedly a recent update to the to the Wikipedia page was that supposedly they're getting closer to finding out who done it. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, let me see. Uh, I know. Did I pull it up? I no, I didn't. I thought I had it up because I was going to talk about that. Uh, because it happened in 91. I think I was like six or seven when that happened. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Yeah, 2022. On February 5th, 2022, it was announced that advanced DNA technology was bringing investigators closer than ever to solving the crime. And this was sourced through... Uh, what is this? 
SandhillExpress.com uh, uh, looks to be a local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones who had said that uh, they had brought in advanced DNA, DNA technologies. And I think the other source comes from CBS Austin as well. So according to CBS Austin and also a local newspaper, they have brought in some advanced DNA technology yeah. that getting them closer to finding out who done it. Yeah, there's a, there's a few cases right now that I feel like are closer to getting solved. Like the Delphi murders, I think that one is, is looking like it may, may get solved. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, uh, that one, and then there's a couple others that I... I I hope they get solved because I mean it's whoever whoever did it d- deserves to be locked away, you know. Right. They, they don't deserve to have you know they took these lives from people they don't deserve the rest of theirs, you know. If oh I agree they they should be buried under the prison that's where that's where they need to be yeah and maybe just a little bit deeper than that you know uh, and some of them I I, I don't. I wouldn't want the death penalty for them. I think the death penalty would be too easy of an out. I want them thrown in the deepest, darkest prison cell in the back corner and just locked oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, left I, I can't, man, like when they were going through the details of the case, and just to, just to give a, our, our, our listeners here uh, an, an idea. So if you're not familiar with the case, so this is what happened. You have four young ladies closing up a yoga shop in Austin, and it just so happens a fire breaks out. All right. We don't go into much detail of what actually happened, but a fire breaks out at the yoga shop. Fire department calls. They show up. They're spraying the place with water, trying to put out the fire and save the other businesses because it's in a uh, strip mall. And they, as they're doing their preliminary or they're doing their investigation as to what caused the fire, they stumble across four charred bodies. Yeah. So the the, and, the, the problem was too. Uh, was is yeah. this was really late at night so the fire yes. didn't get started until way after the yoga shop should have been closed and so when the fire started it was assumed that it happened you know in the middle of the night you know like some kind of electrical fire or something like that and so they right. just went in and they put out the fire not you know assuming that there was nobody inside and right. by doing so they ended up contaminating the crime scene pretty significantly which was yep. quite unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. And, like, uh, I, I just, it just hurt knowing that they, that them, the firefighters not knowing what, what was the situation on the inside of it. And I think what, what really, like, made it worse for me as I was listening to the, to the podcast was that I believe the youngest victim was still technically alive. And she died, I think, later of, in the hospital because i think they found her alive yeah um which like she lived through the fire she lived through getting shot in the head um which went through her like her cheek if i'm not mistaken it it was it was very like like whoever did this they were very just soulless individuals and i'm pretty sure that it had to have been multiple people too because I mean, that's was... that's where I'm thinking too. It's just like it had to be. It had to be more than one person yeah. to 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 gain control of four young ladies from not making a sound and keeping them in control while whatever they did. Um, 
and then just killing them. Oh man, that, I think I think that hurt. That hurt a lot. And there I was, was a, just like, oh there man. There was another case too that was eerily similar to that one. It was the True Crime Garage also covered it, and they did a really good job covering it. Is um, the Lululemon murder, where somebody goes into the Lululemon in the middle of the day and um, robs a place and murders everybody in there. <laughs> Holy crap! I know they made reference to the Memphis Three. Yes, everybody talks about the Memphis Three. That that is a, a huge thing in the 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 true crime community, but that case is very strongly on their innocence. Um, that case is also very very disturbing. So um, I, I I've listened to it, but all the podcasts that I've listened to, it just talks about the case. Not so much about the uh, the people that were charged, so I I couldn't tell you whether or not I feel they're innocent or guilty because I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know like I have, I, I know they made reference to it, and I thought about giving it a listen because I was kind of curious about it because it seemed like uh, it seemed like other podcasts have also mentioned, like you said, um, uh, the Memphis Three, um, yeah, and I kind of like pulled up the. The, the, the three that were convicted were convicted really quickly and it was kind of suspect on how they even got to those um, individuals to question them in the first place mm-hmm. I think I think one of them they narrowed in on him because he didn't fit the norm for the area I think he was like a goth and he would like you know dress a certain way and you know people were suspect of him in the first place. They thought it was some kind of a cult ritual or something like that. So they narrowed it on him and he gave up three other people that probably had nothing to do with anything. So it, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's a real, real tricky case because I'm on the, the side of, well, okay, you know, I, I get it that they probably didn't do it, but I'm, I'm thinking like who could have done that? <laughs> you know, there's not really a good, a good suspect for who did it. And I think that they were just used as scapegoats because they wanted the case solved as quickly as possible because it was so vicious. And I feel like they got the, the bad end. But I, I don't know enough about it. You know. It's it's crazy. Yeah, very much so. But there's... You know, very much so. The True Crime Garage is good because they cover a lot of cases that... Um, I am not familiar with and then they have mm-hmm. another case it's the boys on the tracks that they covered really well that's probably one of my favorite um, episodes from them is the boys on the tracks I mean both captain and Nick do a very good job of discussing the the case and uh, you know Nick with his comic relief is is, <laughs> is, is good in, in for the most part, anyway, I guess it depends on the case and then the context and the subcontext and you know. The right. I mean, for, for for because for me, like for me, that 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 case, I, I don't think it was warranted to have like to throw in a couple of zingers here and there. I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the episodes is just uh, Captain saying, "What a scumbag! What a, that guy is a piece of shit!" Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yes, yes, yes he is. <laughs> yes, that's that. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> for 
brings me back to like you know when P Diddy used to do guest features on you know tracks, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah right." <laughs> just to put, you know, just so they can put the featuring P Diddy. <laughs> right, right. It's like it doesn't really add anything of... to it. But there are cases right. where the captain does a case, and um, usually those ones are the ones where captain does a case, and then he has a guest on the case as well. And those cases mm-hmm. are are okay. Um, I feel like Captain can't carry the podcast on his own. I think Nick is a very, very strong part of that podcast. So, I mean, I without Nick, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is... So True Crime Garage has a... Uh, additional stream it's a paid um a paid stream they do it through a subscription to stitcher um where they it's called true crime garage off the record um is basically where they talk about um their personal opinions on cases and stuff that really wouldn't fit the um podcast itself like the episode so they add additional you know commentary and then their feelings and how they felt about the case which is good because they leave a lot of that stuff out of the regular podcast. So the podcast itself is more direct. Um, it, it talks about the case. It talks about the suspects. It talks about the evidence. And, you know, there's minimal commentary about it, which which I like. I, I really like podcasts like that. And so off the record is where they put in, you know, everything else, um, which is good. I like that. And, you know, it's. It's on Stitcher Pro, so if you subscribe to Stitcher Pro, you get the um, off the record, which is cool. So you also get everything on Stitcher, so it's not like you know you're paying five dollars a month just for you know their podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, um, there's other podcasts that do the the Patreon stuff and the subscription service that it really doesn't add anything extra to the podcast, and I feel like it's just a, a cash money grab half of the time. And then, you know, they do the, um, that other podcast, Generation Y, there you go. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. So, um, they do something similar. Well, they'll do, um, so their paid Patreon is shorter episodes. So it's episodes that don't really make it to the hour long. And so they'll put in, you know, shorter episodes on there and then, you know, it, it, it's good because they'll do cases and they'll do case updates on there and stuff like that, which is good. So theirs is the the Patreon. It's pretty cheap. I think it's only like two bucks a month for their pays or subscription. So that one's super mm-hmm. good if you like Generation Y. I, I personally like Generation Y. They do a really good job on there too. So that's another one of my favorites. And I don't think I had you listen to them. I think I had you listen to um, the other one, Obscura Podcast. <laughs> So, yes. Um, you want to you want to start talking about obscure podcast because I will go on a rant. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well. Okay. So the the podcast episode that you told me, if I recall, you didn't. I don't think you gave. No. Yes, you did. You gave me a specific episode. You gave me season two, episode six, and that is the Hart family crash. Uh. Well. Epi- yeah. Episode. Yeah. Episode six. Yeah. And. I was absolutely disgusted by this, uh, by these end of these pair 
of individuals. And I, I, I and the thing is, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like to say that I hate people, okay? <laughs> because it's just like it's it's very that's a very strong term, and and I really try not to use that term, you know, all the time or or at all. But I I absolutely loathe, absolutely loathe these people. Uh, and 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 the thing is, um, like just listening to it and just like, you know, I myself being you know a family man just recently, like just just the I don't know with with what happens to kids and the stories that happens around kids. I guess it irked me more. That's why like the the yogurt murder sh- uh, shop uh, yogurt shop murders uh, hit a different way too because. You know, I was thinking like, oh man, you know, I have a little girl. Like, I, I don't know what I would do in that kind of situation. And and and, and the same thing goes for this one. Like, and I think the I think the worst part about it was that I I didn't know anything about this. And this was like recent. This was this was what uh, four years ago. Yeah. When this happened, and like, oh man, dude. So before before I start talking about the court case or the talk about the case that or at least what happened, so Obscura was a pretty interesting podcast to say the least. I liked the production. I did like the like the way how um, they 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 how the narrative is kind of just laid out. Mm-hmm. All right, I I have to say that I was enthralled by the way, he, like I was I couldn't st- stop listening while I was at work because I was listening to these uh, while I was at work and and doing stuff and and every time somebody would come and talk to me and ask me a question especially for this one i was pausing because i didn't want to miss a detail yeah um and so the and i became entirely wrapped up i i credit where credit is due to the obscura host um and and i i gotta say high marks for him uh compared to like some of the other podcast host that we've talked about his his way of delivering the narrative for me was just it enthralled me it captivated me i was there like i was i was just there listening to to this story take and this just this horrible horrible thing take place and i think the more that he described into just the ignorance of the people around the people that surrounded the Hart family or the Hart tribe, as they were called, um, just it irked me so much, and it made me not. It it it, it solidified why I don't like uh, wokeness, because th- this 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 whole story revolves around that, you know. Yeah. Um, so so for for our listeners here, so the Hart family crash. If you're not familiar with it. It's about these two women, they're lesbians, um, who take it upon themselves to adopt several children. Uh, like, I believe it was... It was, it was, it was, it was it, more than, you know, a normal amount of kids who adopt at one time. I think it was like... Yeah, it was like, it was like, four, it was like five or six. Yeah. Um, and these children end up becoming pretty much just their own personal pets. They, they 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 malnourish them they the discipline is is just through the roof it's you know and not to mention the the I, I can't remember her name I think it was Jennifer I think she was the she was the one really doing most of the abuse 
she she was the worst because she would always you know go and and tell other people like oh yeah you know these were you know drug babies and i saved them and you know like this white savior complex it's just it's just it, it really it really annoyed me just hearing like i could just picture this person in my head yeah as as to how they how they looked just by hearing how they referred to their adoptive children yeah it was it was yeah it was gross it, it was gross and i i was sitting there listening to it and i'm like this why didn't somebody intervene you know right and then they were talking to like because he had interviews with that he played of some of the people that were their neighbors and they're like oh yeah. they're just they were just weird they're just weird family we didn't like we, we knew something was up and i was like if you knew something was up, why didn't you say something earlier? Exactly. Like, and, I, and I think the worst part about it, too, is just, like, it also kind of helped me come to terms with the fact that CPS doesn't know how to do anything. No. You know, and, and I think that really, like, CPS was called several times, and you could tell that the kids were coached. I mean, even, even some of the, uh, even some of the reports from the CPS, uh, um, uh, caseworkers said like yeah the kids were coached and but everything seemed fine everything like if you know that it, they were being coached in their responses yeah why are you not furthering this investigation or moving it up to the next level i think that irked me the most because these kids needed help yeah you know these kids needed someone to come in and, and get them away from these two loonies um the one thing, you know the because one... the kids because the kids were taken yeah. out of public school and they were homeschooled and it, it's just it was just one big mess yeah one thing i like about the obscura is he he does use the um, news reports while he'll play them like on you know the podcast but he doesn't overdo yes. it there there's a lot of podcasts where they do overdo those i mean they'll play like you know a lot of different news reports and it takes up like half the episode and you know it, it sometimes it's good but other times i feel like it doesn't really you know, add anything i mean put it in the trailer put it you know in certain parts of it but it doesn't need to be like half the episode and um he does right. a good job but he keeps you know the the interviews and stuff you know pertinent to the case you know stuff that's important for you know for you to hear for a background for other things that are going on whether it's interviews or news reports and you know stuff like that which is i, I like that i mean there's other podcasts that they they yeah, they way overdo those <laughs> right <laughs> Um, now, does Obscura have like a Patreon where you can get like private stuff or stuff that's yeah. not on Spotify so, or anything like that? So the whole idea of the Black Label is what his his paid subscription is. It's called the you know Obscura Black Label. Is the the when he first came out with it, um, it was for cases that shouldn't be publicly available on his main feed. Like he would talk about cases that are. Um, a lot darker than his regular cases and his regular cases are pretty dark by the way so if you're going to listen to yeah. it just, just be aware that his cases are not normal cases that most places cover they're, they're pretty gruesome but um, the problem I had with his paid ones is I feel like a lot of it is filler and um, there, was a, there was two cases that I listened to the first case was basically the entire episode was a 911 call and oh, wow. he would he would bring in like little commentary here and there but i mean it was like you're listening to a 911 call 
And then the end of it was, it was the Chubby Bunny. The case is called Chubby Bunny. I think it's free on Spotify for you to listen to. But, I mean, it was not a very good case. Basically, what the whole idea of the case is, this guy's wife was found choking in the kitchen. And he was called 911 and was, you know, hysterical and wasn't listening to anybody and just said, somebody get 911 here, ambulance. And he wasn't listening to the 911 operator. And the problem was is the 911 operator didn't actually provide him any sort of help. So um, <laughs> she was just sitting there trying to calm him down saying, you know, the fire engine's on its way, you know, ambulance is coming, ambulance is coming. But didn't actually try to investigate as to what is going on. But in her defense, the guy was hysterical. He wasn't giving her any real solid you know, information regarding what happened. It just, you know, he was like, she's just on the floor, you know, unconscious. And then she didn't ask any leading questions or anything like that. It was kind of like, what the hell are you doing? So that was the whole problem is that was the whole case. Basically, the 911 operator didn't provide assistance and the lady died. So Jeez. it was, you know, a 45 minute case where 30 of that 45 minutes was the 911 call. Right. And I'm like, well, well, okay, <laughs> and people paid for this, <laughs> and, like, and you know some of his other cases are like that too, where he'll just you know the the paid ones, so the paid ones he'll it it'll be filler, and then there'll be a case, and then he'll play like you know news reports or you know audio recordings, and uh, there was another one where there was a you know people were being assaulted. And then he just played the video of the... He played the sound of the recording of them getting assaulted. And I was like... Didn't he get um, in trouble for that? Didn't he mention that before? I mentioned it because I thought it was... You know, I thought it was egregious. And I, I don't feel like he needed to put that in there at all. That's right. We did... We kind of did talk about that. That's right. That's I, Because I thought it was him who said that. No, but it was you. Because, yes, I remember you telling me that. Okay, so... But also, just uh, real quick... Going through the Spotify, it looks like he does post a couple of black label uh, podcasts from time to time. It's very, um, I mean, they're peppered in there. Um, yeah, because he comes so, out. Like, I think it's, I think it's a black label episode is like every other week. So he'll do you know one episode one week, and the next label will be black label, and then the next week it'll be a regular episode. But I feel like the Black Label episodes are probably not worth the money. Because I think they're, I think it's like between 5 and $10 a month for the Black Label. And I just don't think the content's there to justify subscribing to it. It's just, you know, I like the podcast. I like, you know, I like the guy. He does a good job. But I, I feel like the, the Patreon, this is a cash grab. Just, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still it's still better than those podcasts where basically they they pull up the Wikipedia and then they read the Wikipedia to you and then they end the podcast. Um, there's a lot of those on YouTube, and I I can't stand those. <laughs> I can't. It's 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 just like you know, it's like it's always like some lady you know she'll be up there she'll be putting on makeup and she goes like. Hello, my spooky, poopy viewers. We're talking about this, this mean man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay. It's like, uh. 
that. I don't know people like that. Some people just have an affinity towards the cheesy and stuff like that, and and, and I can respect that. I I can, you know, but just like <laughs> just it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, so those are those. So that's one specific genre of podcasts. So they have the most of them revolve around a case that has already been solved or a case that they feel is close to being solved. And so those are the cases they usually present, which, you know, I like the cases that have already been solved. Um, I, I, I do like some of the cases that haven't been solved, but I guess it depends on the case itself and whether it's interesting to me personally. But um, the other genre of podcasts that we can talk about briefly because we're already past the hour <laughs> is yeah is the investigatory podcast so i gave you that um that one up and vanished to listen to yes um what's the guy's name uh pain Lindsay. pain pain that's right he has a very good mm. voice he has a very good yes, podcast does. voice. I'm just going to throw that out there. I enjoy listening to him talk. I think he has a very strong pronounced way of talking about cases. And um, I mean, cases, I know I was enthralled. I, you know, yeah, his, I wanted his to see if he was are, available are, for a date or something. Yeah, his cases <laughs> are presented well. And, and I like them. But he, he falls into some of the tropes of true crime podcasts that I could probably go without. <laughs> But, yeah. You know. So, which one did you end up listening to? Okay, so I ended up listening to. Uh, honestly, I really didn't know where to start with this one, and so I kind of went right in the middle, and I kind of regret doing that. Because um, I think I think I didn't give you a specific season to listen to. I just told you to, no. to just check it out. Yeah, you just said up and vanish, and so and I'm thinking that they're they're not serialized. I'm I'm thinking it's just like oh, it's just one episode uh, per case or whatever. I didn't know his particular genre or style, and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't read the description of how he does things, if it even it is in his description. So the one that I went off on was um, a particular case of a missing person. Um, and basically off of an Indian reservation. Yeah, it was the one in uh, Montana. The black Montana, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, where they were talking to somebody named T, and they were, you know, basically dealing drugs, and they just ended up missing. It, it just, it, it turned into a whole mess. Because at the end of the episode, uh, I know that, like, he's in the middle of an investigation. He's actually going out talking to these people. Mm -hmm. You know, and which threw me for a loop because at first I'm thinking like, you know, this is just a court case. This is or, or he's just reading off of a police report. Like, no, this dude is actually in the field trying to t get these people's story. Yeah. You know, and whether they want to talk to him or not, he I mean, he's literally putting himself in danger because these people are dangerous. Yeah, he goes, uh, he goes out to some areas and talks to people that do not want to be talked to. <laughs> right. And there, I think in one of the other seasons, he goes out there to go talk to somebody that has been avoiding talking to anybody regarding the case. Like, he actually goes to the house of the person and knocks on their door. 
<laughs> and the person actually answers the door. And I was like, oh, man, he's going to get shot. <laughs> he's going to get killed. But, um, yeah, he, he, he goes out there. And, uh, you know, he, he interviews people. And then he, you know, posts the interview on the, the podcast, which I, I love that. I think it's really good. But the problem is is a lot of the interviews he has with people, they don't have any substance to them. Which, right. I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, not a lot of people, you know, are willing to talk about cases, and a lot of people don't really know anything. But um, my problem is, is if you know the interview doesn't have any substance, then maybe not put it on there. I, I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I, th- I think it kind of kills the mood here, because there was one I was, <laughs> there was one I was listening to where he goes out and he just talks to somebody that was in the area around that time, and then the guy just didn't know anything i mean he, he didn't know the lady he didn't know anything about it he just kind of knew the case a little bit because he was in the area but other than that i mean the guy was useless <laughs> to interview and i was like why am i listening to this guy talk about how he doesn't know anything for you know 15 minutes <laughs> like, right it probably should have you know been cut <laughs> You know, or put in like a filler episode, just say like, hey, look, we, we ended up talking to this guy, but this guy doesn't know anything. Yeah. You know. And then he uses the, the psychic in that one episode that I just thought was really cheesy. And I mean, like, oh you know, he had the police dog. So he actually, so this was really cool on one of the, one of the seasons. So they, the studio pays a uh, retired canine and, um, you know, retired officer to take the canine out. To, you know, to see if they can find additional evidence or some sort of, you know, maybe where the girl was missing. And I thought that was really cool. But yeah. he also brought in a psychic, which oh. I immediately, I was like, really? <laughs> they paid us. So, so, the, so they did something really good by doing the, you know, the canine. But then they kind of killed it by bringing in the psychic. And I was like, a, a, a psychic? Like, I know police use psychics sometimes, and I, I think it's kind of silly to use a psychic, a self-reported psychic as a, you know, <laughs> somebody to assist with the case. It's like, it, it reminds you of, like, those cheesy TV shows, you know, like, what was it, The there Mentalist? Was... Yeah. <laughs> you're bringing, you know, bringing a mentalist to solve this case because the police have no idea. It's like, right. that, doesn't, that doesn't work in real life. <laughs> or like, you know... You, you 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 somehow you know you called in for the day off or whatever you missed school and there's like Montel and they have like a psychic on the <laughs> in, in the studio audience yeah just talking to people asking you know obscure answering obscure questions like yes is there anyone named Phil here it's like the Phil? Nancy Grace you know the Nancy Grace thing <laughs> like a I'm seeing somebody with red red hair oh my mom has red hair. <laughs> Well, it's like, they, like, you know, they do the, the psychics, but it's, it's, you know, you can't find a psychic that's not, you know, biased in the case. I mean, if, if you contact us, so say I contact a, a psychic, you know, right now and I say, hey, um, we're doing an investigation on blah, blah, blah case and we want to hire you, you know, to give your input on the case. What is the psychic going to do? Is he going to go research the case? <laughs> right, exactly. So, like, I mean, the psychic's going to go pull up the Wikipedia article. They're going to read all the information they have. And then, you know, you're going to pay them and they're going to sit there and they're going to, you know, feed you evidence or information that, you know, you probably already know. 
I mean, because they're getting paid, so they're not going to, you know, they're not, you're not going to bring them out and they're going to sit there and be like, I don't see anything. I'm sorry. Pay me my money. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think yeah. that's going to work. It, 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 you know, if you were a psychic like that, I don't think you'd be a psychic for very long. You know? Nobody yeah, would yeah that's <laughs> that, that that's a that's a pretty cheesy tactic to use. I didn't know that he did that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't change my opinion of the podcast for sure, uh, because I still enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not gonna say uh, I'm not gonna sit here and, and lie about it. And no, I actually, I mean, yeah, it's a bit cheesy. It's kind of cool with the canine thing, um, but it doesn't change my opinion of of no uh, no, no definitely not. Um, so that was the one thing I didn't like about the podcast. I thought it was kind of silly. Um, the yeah. other thing is he does do a lot of cliffhangers and some of the cliffhangers are kind of clickbaity. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny to use that, that terminology clickbait on a podcast, but, um, yeah, I know, right. <laughs> it, uh, you know, he'll do the trailer at the end of the episode to make it seem like something, you know, something big is going to happen in the next episode and you better tune in or you're going to miss it. And I the hate next that so much. Like, yeah, and the next episode was like, well, we went out there, we didn't find anything, and then we went home. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, because you know who else does does the the trailers at the end of episodes? Hmm. You know who else does that? Anime, anime mm-hmm. does that as well. Yeah, that that annoys the heck out of me. And like, I'm not gonna sit through like a Marvel movie, wait till the end credits to get to your trailer. That's not gonna happen. You no, know, not not to take away, but I mean, um. What is it? One Punch Man does that, but they do, you know, an extra bonus scene at the end, you know, something else. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if the, you know, the True Crime Podcast, if they did, like, a bonus, like, little extra something, you know, that didn't really fit in with the rest, you know, have something else at the end, that'd be cool. Okay, m- maybe. M- maybe you got me there. Maybe, maybe sure. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But, um... Yeah, I like the podcast. I like the True Crime Garage, how they do the trailer in the beginning of the episodes to give you kind of a a background, like generalized background of the case first. Man. So you're not going in, you know, totally blind. I mean, some podcasts don't do that. It's just, you know, as soon as you load it up, they do the little sponsorship and they do the little intro thing. And then it's like straight to the case. Here's the case. Here's right. the details. We're talking about it. Train, you know, train's moving. But, um... You know, other ones, they, they kind of break it up in a slower manner. You know, it's it's very, what is it, procedural. It's not procedural. You know, it's, <laughs> it's set up in such a way where it's like, you know, we're doing, we're talking about this first, and then we're talking about that first, and then we're talking about this next. And um, other ones, it's kind of disjointed, I think, where they talk about the, the end first, and then they go back towards the middle, and then it's the beginning, which is weird. So... But- well, no, I was going to say, so if you wanted to rank the, the current podcast that we've listened to, uh, how, how, how would you personally rank them? So um, I'm, I'm biased on this one a little bit. I mean, True Crime Garage is probably one of my favorites. Um, I enjoy listening to them. Um, they're, they're, they're ranked number one. Payne Lindsay, I like the guy, so he would be number two. Then Obscura, and then, uh, you know, Truth and Justice is at the bottom it used to be a lot higher <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i think he's he's changed the he's changed the way the podcast goes a bit mm-hmm. too much you know how they always talk about how like you know bands change 
over time, and then they turn yeah. into something completely different than uh, what they started off as. And I think that's where Truth and Justice is, is it doesn't really know where it stands. I think gotcha. it's... I mean, is you're listening to it and you're like, okay, is this an Innocence Project podcast or is this a investigatory podcast? Is this, you know, a... You know, what, what what podcast genre is this now? Because I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you where I would put that at this point. I mean, before it was... They would talk about the case, and it would just be a case that they would talk about, you know. And then they go through the case, and then each individual thing that's going on, and then now it's we know this person's innocent, and we're gonna tell you why. <laughs> it's like it's like you know, give, give me the evidence first, and then let the viewer decide how they feel about the case. That that that's right. how I feel like a lot of these podcasts kind of gravitate towards is is they take the background of the case, especially cases that aren't solved. So they'll do the background of the case, they'll put the suspects and then their theories and you know, how they feel about it. And then it's up to the viewer to decide on how they feel. But um, the podcast that straight up tell you in the very beginning, this guy is, is innocent by because this, this, and this. And now it's, you know, we're going to try to come up with ideas on how we can discount all the evidence you know, discredit all the evidence that is presented. So, ah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but how how do you how would you rank them? What is your okay? Well, that, uh, that that's a that's a good question right there. Um, you know, uh, I so if I, okay, so if I wanted to have uh, like a top tier, I'd probably say uh, Obscura would be would be up there. Mm-hmm. Okay, would be number one for me. Number two would be the uh, uh, True Crime Garage. Mm-hmm. All right, that'd be number two. Uh, number three would be Up and Vanish. And then uh, Dead Last. I'm sure I can find other podcasts that are better. Uh, would be Truth and Justice would be like at the bottom of, of the list. Yeah. Or, or uh, uh, you know, below something that we haven't heard. Boom, I'll put it right there. And then... It is just dead last. Yeah. Um, you know, for for me, Obscura really just I, I, I like the way it flowed. I like the way uh, the narrative was drawn out and, and how they used uh, information regarding like, you know, witnesses and reports and things of that nature. That really got me into the story itself um, with tr- uh, with the with the true crime garage. Like I said, I, I felt like um I felt the the information and organization of the the podcast itself was really good. Just Captain was the only thing that kind of just irked me. But I only listened to one episode. That could change if I listened to an, uh, another one uh, or some more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Up and Vanished um, with the with the invest. I think the invest with, with the way the investigations are done. I think that's pretty uh, pretty awesome, pretty cool. And I, I, I guess like if if. I don't know if I would want to have Up and Vanish in this tier, in this genre, because it's its own separate entity. It's not really looking at a court case or anything like that. It's it's conducting an invest in a real in real in time investigation. Mm-hmm. So I guess if we were doing a separate tier, I guess I would put it at the top of its tier. Yeah. As far as I as far as yeah, I'm concerned, but it would be there. Um, and then just Truth and Justice, you know. 
I think he can get a little preachy in some of the other episodes that I've listened to, listened with him in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to a true crime podcast, I don't want to be preached at and I don't want to hear... Uh, I don't want to hear what you think. I just want to hear the case and kind of come up with my own... Like, build a narrative outside of your opinion. Yeah. You know? Like, give, give me the facts, give me the information. Sure, frame it how you want... Okay, as you're as you're going into a discussion with it or like the follow up episodes, I'm okay with the follow up episodes. And he gets and he sits down with his buddies and, you know, they crack open a cold one or whatever the case is. And they talk about the information that they that they had in the previous episode. And he gives his opinion. But to, to give me your opinion while you're giving out the facts as they were, uh, I, I you know, that comes off a little preachy for me. Mm-hmm. Save that stuff the follow-up episodes yeah you know save your opinion and your biases for the follow-up episodes to where you and your friends can talk about it and hash it out don't don't throw it into the actual episodes where you're talking about the forensics or the autopsy report or whatever or the toxicology you know leave that alone for something for for another episode I I, I I want it, I want you to write your story and your narrative and frame it right so I can start thinking about oh well maybe this person did it or maybe they didn't do it you know what I mean so so the one thing I want to add is the thing that I do like a lot about the um, truth and justice podcast is he does go through the autopsy report and um, he gets with you know, I think he gets with like medical experts or you know somebody that actually is knowledgeable about that to go over it and interpret it how it is, you know, should be interpreted, which I do like, and a lot of podcasts don't do that. So I thought that was kind of cool where, you know, he actually gets some of the stuff. I mean, a lot of podcasts, they do the Freedom of Information Act stuff requests, but sometimes they don't get anything back and that's not their fault. But um, I feel like because Bob Ruff is a firefighter or was a firefighter, that he has access to information that we you know, most people probably wouldn't be able to get because he has, you know, connections and stuff like that. And he uses that in the podcast, and that's pretty cool. But, you know, I I do get the... how he already has his own idea of the case beforehand, and he tries to kind of push that narrative in there when he's telling the, you know, the case and his feelings about it, which, you know... I, I get it, but at the same time, like, we're trying to follow the case and come up with our own, you know, interpretations. Like, we want to see the evidence, you know, we want to hear taste testimony, we want to, you know, see the evidence and, you know, everything like that. And, you know, that's totally cool, but, I mean, if you're sitting there going through the medical examinations report and you're saying, well, I don't agree with, you know, this and I don't agree with that and I think he's off and this guy is crazy and police are... You know, maybe this evidence was indeed planted. It's like I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not in that boat that police are out there planting evidence on people. I don't think that happens as often as they make it seem. Sure, probably may, may happen, but I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that one. So I want to go ahead and thank Jason for uh, joining me on this podcast. Um, we're gonna to try to do it weekly, and yeah, yeah. There you go. Do you have anything else you want to add before I end it? 
Nope. Looking forward to our next discussion as to what I can't. I can't believe we actually spoke about this for an, almost an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But no, uh, absolutely not. It's fun. I can't wait for for next uh, for the next topic to, to go after. All right. Um, eventually, the podcast will be on Spotify and YouTube. So make sure to check us out. Um, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, have a good night.